Hey, you're listening to the GGC Life Podcast, weekly messages from our Sunday services. We hope this message encourages you. Be blessed. You can please join with me and help me welcome who I think is the most beautiful person here in this building, if not on the planet, if not in the universe. My hot, babin', sexy wife, Vanessa Nakatra. This is my wife. Her name's Vanessa Rose Nakotra, and she's more beautiful than a rose. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. Yeah, I'm flattered. I'm absolutely Awesome. Flattered. So we've been married for how long? How long have we been together for now? Two years and two months. Beautiful. She knows when, when did we get married? October, Friday the 13th. Yes. Beautiful. Um, yes. And what else is happening? So we got married two years ago. How long, we've been together for two and a bit years. And what's the go with this morning? What are we What are we doing? Something special is about to happen. Yeah, well, we've been really enjoyed our marriage so far, but um, I want to make sure that the next two years are just as good, actually better. So I thought <laughs> I've got some questions. I've got a few questions. Yes. And um, Leon doesn't know the answers, so wow. okay. we okay. thought maybe it might be a good idea to ask these questions to some maybe experts mm. in the area. Mm. Of family and Google. marriage. Yes, Google. That's that's my answer. No, last Sunday night, we actually started a series on relationships. So this morning, in continuing that, we want to do something fun, a little bit different. And yes, we're going to invite some special, incredible people up, some experts to talk all things marriage, dating, raising children's, uh, children's, dealing with the in-laws, um, all sorts of things like that, friendships, relationships. And um, so who are we going to invite up? My beautiful wife. Um, if everyone could just stand, we're going to welcome up the mama and the dada of the house, Leo and Christine Nekotra. Beautiful. Hello, mum and dad. So what we're doing right now is um, me and Vanessa, we're no pros at marriage. And so every couple weeks, we get marriage counseling from mom and dad. We're just going to do it publicly, if you're cool with that. <laughs> We're awesome. definitely not experts, though. Definitely not experts. Oh, no, they, no they, you guys are amazing. But yes, let's get vulnerable, shall we? Yeah. Very good. All right, let's take our seats. So the way today is going to work is we've prepared a couple questions. Mom and dad have no idea what we're about to ask them. So we're going to put them on the spot. But we also want to invite you guys to ask any questions that you may have um, around relationships, dating, family, etc. And um, there should be a number coming up on the screen. That is my number. So please don't spam me like crazy. Um, so, beautiful people. We're talking family. How long have you guys been married? Let's just get to know you guys quickly. The 27th of December, 27 years this oh, year. Come on. Very good. I think that deserves a round of applause. Yeah, definitely. Very cool. Um, just jump right in. What was your first fight about? <laughs> uh, on the honeymoon? Yeah. So she thought I was looking at other girls. <laughs> yeah. So that was our first fight. It was a big fight. It was a big one on the honeymoon too. Yeah. That, you don't want to be fighting on your honeymoon. Yeah. Ah, well, what, was your, yeah. what was your most recent fight about? Mm, right now, this morning. <laughs> a couple minutes ago about that. Oh, such a long time ago. Hang on a second. <laughs> 
Oh, but that was an argument. She's saying me eating too much. <laughs> That's a one-way argument. Uh, uh, and so this is more like a daily thing, just the daily argument that's happening at the moment. <laughs> that's cool. That's good. And uh, we got some photos up on the screen. So you guys, looks like you've had a beautiful marriage. I think it's easy to look from afar and feel like these guys are a picture-perfect, picturesque marriage, married couple, no problems, amazing people. But I'm sure you've got all sorts of stories to share. Um, I think, I think what we tend to do, so when pastors come up and they preach on stage, you, he, you tend to hear the end of a story arc. And you can be in the midst of a story arc and things are just so difficult and you're like, man, I wish my marriage was like that, but if you only knew what I was going through. And it just feels impossible. It feels impractical. And we just thought, you know what, today let's just get into it. Let's get, um, I guess, vulnerable and just hear some of the stuff that you guys went through. So most recent food is about food. Okay, that's great. Not too bad. Um, but I think... A good question to ask you guys is, how have you learned to deal with your clashes and your fights? Like, um, I would say Leah's very, very, um, he's very slow, so <laughs> I am quite quick, and in the sense that he's very patient with me, so he just wouldn't jump or react if I'm upset with him. And just want to say, like, honestly, I mean, this morning we wanted to do this panel this way because we wanted you guys to have an insight into our lives because I think even from uh, the start of the church when we were dating, the first two years, because the church is hitting 30 years next year, uh, even when we were dating, like I said to the church once we got married and came here, I said, I want to be as honest we want to be as honest and vulnerable and let you guys into it because honestly, we didn't have a perfect marriage. I would have to say that the um, first three years was really, really gruesome. <laughs> yeah. How so? Because <laughs> well, we haven't hit our well, third first year. The first year. Now, the first year was very, we clashed a lot. Yeah. yeah. So, because it's hard to talk, you're talking about 27 years. So, it's hard, you know, like we're, we're so much better now. So much better. Like fine wine. You do get better. Yeah. But the first. The first year, we definitely cl clashed because I came from an Italian background. She came from a Sri Lankan home. But even a Sri Lankan home, her dad did everything around the house and really, really served. He had two daughters, but he served them tea and cups of teas when they had their periods and was really just a, a real servant to them and cleaned the house, cooked and everything. Um, so my dad never did anything. I mean, my Italian culture, my dad didn't lift a finger. He worked. He went out, worked, came in. He, he was the king at home and everyone everyone yeah. my wife my mother served him or his wife but so we clash because unconsciously you think this is what I'm going to get married into as an Italian now I got saved at 19 got married at 25 so I still have this concept of what I grew up with but she also thinking I married a man that's going to help everything around the house so we clashed a lot the first year then two then three after five years she'd say we used to argue a lot the first two years, and then after 10, it was the first three years. Now after 15, <laughs> first five years was like hell. And now, now it's 27. I don't know if it's 20, 10 years, but it keeps growing because it is, does get easier. It does get better. Yeah. You don't argue over the little things we used to argue. Yeah. So when you're young in your marriage, you argue over little, little things for no reason. Yeah. And you learn, to let, you learn to not argue with those things. I mean, it's not worth it, you know? At what point in your marriage, if things aren't going so well, do you seek help? And where do you go for help in, 
and who do you talk to? Very good question. Um, I remember the first year of our marriage. Um, it was full on because I fell pregnant a month and a half into our marriage. And Sorry, Mum. <laughs> <laughs> I do not apologize. Was it your fault? Thank you. Thank no, you very much. Because I remember, I remember coming back from the honeymoon and um, I said to Leo, because I was so naive to everything, like everything. I said to Leo, what happens if I get pregnant? And he said, well, I don't know, <laughs> you know. And so we didn't do anything about it. We just, you know, and a month and a half into, um, you know, our marriage, I felt pregnant. And my emotional side of things with being pregnant and my insecurity side of things, you know, started to clash. And the people back then, I would say people like uh, Steve Penny. I don't know if you know him. He's an incredible, incredible uh, prophetic guy. Steve Penny, Finney and Izzy, um, Digazzini, uh, Leon Vandell, Leon and Pat Vandal. Um, we go even, to them for help. Yes. We've always had at least one to two couples right from the start because we knew. So you, didn't, you didn't wait. Did not okay. wait. Yeah. Yes. So as soon as you found challenges, you just started bringing it to them? Constantly, okay. yes. And sometimes half the battle was, oh, that's normal. We go through that too. And so, because you're a pastor and you're a minister, am I supposed to have this? I can't believe we're going through all this. So to, my, my, my background was I was a Christian for five years, living at home. And when I married her, we came and lived in my mum's home in a one room. And when she felt pregnant for 18 months, so we shared the kitchen, shared the bathroom in an Italian home. My dad had passed away. So I couldn't see the struggles on her side, but um, uh, what was I saying about, um, yeah, I lost my train of thought. Like, yeah, okay. <laughs> no, no. I, I was going to get to a point, but then I went to somewhere else. Maybe this will trigger it. Like, we stayed in a home where I think Tony and Heidi were in the front house. Um, you know, there, there was a house built in the front. Leah and I were in a tiny, 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 I can't even begin to explain, a little room in the back, pregnant, and um, yeah, and then I think Leo's sister was in the garage, yes. I think uh, six months later. <laughs> she rocked, was, she was in trouble, she got grounded, yeah. and she was in the garage. <laughs> it was converted into a little flat. It was a beautiful home, yes. <laughs> so, you're, you're, I mean, you're painting a picture of a life that doesn't necessarily, like, it doesn't look pretty from the beginning, it was would have been tough. It's it easy was. to look now and be like, these guys have got it all together. It's easy for them to preach this stuff, but... That's what I was going to say. There we go. <laughs> so, as a five years in the Christian faith, I hardly ever lost my temper. Never. At home, with my mom and, and my brothers and sisters. But when I got married, all of a sudden, I started losing my temper. I'm thinking, what's wrong with me? I can't believe this. This is full on. And I realized I had to go really... I had to go to God. I had to really go deep in my walk with God and say, God, I can't do this. I'm, a, I'm, I'm preaching the gospel. I can't preach... One thing about taking, you know, dealing with your anger and then losing it. So I, I had to really say, God, I need your help here. And that's where I pull into my relationship with Jesus and ask him for his grace, ask him for his love. And, and he would help me heaps, heaps. So that, that was our first go-to was always God. Yeah. And then we'd go to get help as well. Yeah, yeah, that's good. In the midst of those really intense moments where you started discovering this, the more need for God and in all those chaotic things, did you ever feel like, did we make a mistake? Should I have gotten married? Did I do this too soon? Or um, yeah. is this right for me? Well, she can answer that. <laughs> <laughs> wow, she's eager. Oh, yes. <laughs> I think um, probably three or four months into our marriage, I was pregnant 
And yes, I want to see everyone. Ah, let me move my chair back. Ah. Um, three or four months into our marriage, uh, I felt pregnant. Uh, we were there and I remember saying to Leo, I don't think I can do this anymore. And we were leading a church in the garage at that stage. Yeah, we Still, we started in the garage. I remember saying Serena to... Serena was living there as well. <laughs> <laughs> that was after. We only lasted three months there. <laughs> yes. But, but we moved into a community hall after that as well, kind of thing. So, but anyway, uh, I remember um, saying to Leo, I don't know if I could do this anymore. Um, I, you know... Uh, maybe I should go back to Melbourne. And Leah said, there's no such thing as divorce in our vocabulary. And please understand me, if you are divorced here this morning, we're not saying anything about that. But for us in our home, uh, that was what Leo wanted to... He really set the tone and he constantly kept on reminding me and saying, whenever we had an argument, especially in the first year, we have to work it out. We have to give it up, you know, we have to go into it. And yes, it's going to be messy, but, you know, there's no such thing as divorce. We have to talk, we have to work at it and lay down our lives for one another. She left so much. She left her mum, her dad, her church family, her community in Melbourne, and she was only 20. And so she came came to live with a stranger, really, even though we were courting for 18 months. You don't know someone until you you live together. And with my family that was there and the church community, so she left to Melbourne to come to Sydney. So it was a massive, massive step at that age. And she falls pregnant. So it's like just a lot of variables when you look at it. Yeah. And, um, but you know, how many times? No, it was a few times. Not a lot, but a couple of times we, sh- we get my clothes and threw it outside the window. That's right. <laughs> I, you know what? I've said this. Like, like, I, said, I think once or twice. It wasn't a lot. Twice. <laughs> uh, I, right. I, I think this was when we moved out for the first time and we had you, Leon, and um, I feel sorry for Leon, but he didn't know a thing. He was little. But I remember going through an argument. This is not, these are stuff not to do. So I remember taking his clothes out and chucking it off the balcony and saying, we're not doing this anymore. And then he said, yes, like you. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but seriously, um, I remember um, chucking it out through the window and then Leah said, no, that's not, how, uh, that's not how we deal with stuff. And I have no problem talking about this because we don't stand up here and say we have the perfect marriage. Far from it. Um, honestly, we've fallen flat on our faces. We've cried. We've argued. And I, I said to Leah back ages ago, I said, if God has called us to leave this church... I don't want to pretend to be somebody I'm not. I want to be who God has called me to be. But it doesn't mean to say that I'm going to stick in my rut and my disobedience and my own pride and my own manipulation. Because as a wife, you might think, but, um, you know, you say that you love me for who I am, but then you're asking me to change. We only change because God would have us change. Yes. I just want to say it's so encouraging to hear that this is what you've gone through and and this is who you are today. Because sometimes when we go through stuff like that, and I can say for myself and Vanessa, it feels like, man, are we disqualified from ministry? Are we disqualified as, like we almost think in a sense like we're disqualified as children of God, like we're not holy enough to do what He wants us to do, you know? Mm-hmm. And and it's because we see people at the other side of their miracle. But there's, there's, there's like a, 
there's a friction that takes place, you know, and, and in that friction there's polishing and, and, and so I just thank you for the vulnerability. It's yeah, really helpful. So hopeful as well. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. So I, I hear you guys did not believe in contraception. No. Um, <laughs> and you had five children. I don't know right. how that happened. Five children. Um, question from the audience. I thought we didn't believe in it. We can use it. We just didn't use it. Okay. <laughs> no, but you... No, seriously. <laughs> if oh, there's no kids in the room... There's no kids in the room, right? Okay. We just want... Leo didn't like using protection. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> wow, okay. I'm in the room. Um, <laughs> Okay, um, so you raised five children, you didn't like protection. Um, question from the audience, which of these five children turned out to be your favorite? No, from the audience or from you? <laughs> They're all my favorite. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. He's my favorite. Very good. Yeah. So I've, got a, I've got one favorite daughter, but everyone's yeah. all my favorite. <laughs> but with five children, I'm sure they were all very different. Um, maybe share with us what it was like to, to raise up different children, if, you know, challenges with that and dynamics, you know, personality. The hardest yeah. thing about raising children with, when you're married is the, the areas of discipline where we don't agree with. That was one of the biggest That's the hardest clash. thing because she grew up in a different home, I grew up in a different home. So certain things that I think should be disciplined, she doesn't believe they should be disciplined. And other things, she thinks they should be disciplined. I don't think I, sh I would let her go. And so sometimes you see your wife do something and she sees me do something, it's harsh. Yes. Or I see her do something, and it's so hard to, because you've got to be a unified front. But it's really, it is hard sometimes. When so you, you tired, you, yeah. but you've got to be quiet. So, okay, so this is what happened. So one of the, th when it comes to disciplinary stuff, like um, I grew up in a very, very strict home, uh, you know, Sri Lankan background, and they were very strict in, you know, in their disciplinary action. I remember once, um, sorry. They make an extra hot curry if you no. talk back to <laughs> no, them. No, 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 I <laughs> actually, you know, held, I pulled you by your ear because you were doing something naughty and I, and Leah said, no, 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 what are you doing? <laughs> you know, he, he freaked out. He said, what are you doing? Well, what do you think I'm doing? I'm just <laughs> felling out <laughs> And just bringing him to the, I mean, if you have been, if you've grown up in the Sri Lankan or the Indian culture, you know, that's normal. <laughs> that's that's normal. not abusive. So you just bring it. But he said, no, we don't do that. You know, we speak to them. We bring them into the room. We speak to them. And then we turn the, uh, tell them to turn around and we just apply the rod of correction to the seed of learning. <laughs> yes. <laughs> can, I just, can I just expose my parents for a second? <laughs> They like to preach from the pulpit about smacking their children, but dad would bring us into the room when it was time to smack us. <laughs> he'd turn us around and he'd say, okay, get ready to scream. <laughs> and he'd whack the stick on the bed. And we go, ah! That, that must have been the time where I didn't think you needed this. <laughs> <laughs> but there were times I did smack. But, um, but I, I remember this. I mean, this is classic. So... All our kids are so different. I mean, Leon, I could yell at him and he would be at a standstill. Yes, mom, and he would be petrified, seriously. With Josiah, I would yell at him and he would literally have um, earplugs on, it literally. He just wouldn't listen to me. 
I would actually have to go to him, get down on my knees, look into his face and say, can you hear me? That is the only time he will respond. Not out of yelling or anything like that because he didn't. So one time he had done something really bad. I can't remember. This was at Croydon Park. We had moved a couple of homes leading to Blacktown where we are now. But I remember he had done something wrong and I got so mad. I went and grabbed the stick and I was literally running around the house with him. Uh, and, he, and then finally when he was cornered, he said, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. You can't, cannot smack me because remember what dad said? Dad said, first explain yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I remember everything. But first, explain yourself. Give me a reason. Tell me why I did what I did. So you can calm down and then you can smack me. Wow. I just, I'm just being told. I'm getting messages bombarding me from the media guys saying, please remember we are live. So this is going out to the police as we speak. Fine. <laughs> I'm joking. No, we are alive, but we'll sort that out later. <laughs> um, in the midst of all the punishments, sounds like there are many. Um, no, That's why we got good kids. <laughs> in the midst of they're all in the church. <laughs> in the midst of the parenting and and the way that you chose to raise your children, did you ever feel like you were making any detrimental mistakes? To like, what did you do with times where maybe you did something you? regretted and how did you I mean if you did something wrong you'd apologize to them hundred um, percent as a father or as a mother I'm sure you always feel the your lack you always feel am I doing enough as a dad am I doing enough to be an example am I doing enough there's always that lack but God takes your lack and he he um he despite of us he still works you know what I mean not cause of us but despite of us so you do feel your lack. You think, am I spending enough time with them? Am I, you've got five children. Am I giving them enough intimate time that they need quality time and all those sort of things? Um, so you'd feel that a lot. If we ever smacked with anger, then we'd apologize. But that was very, very rare. But what it was, it, you know, it happened, but it would have been very, very rare. Yeah. But I would say our last three kids, I remember you saying, are way more spoiled than our older two. Because I think our older two paved the way for our younger three. And I don't think, especially the younger two, I don't, they get away with so much, you know. Uh, obviously, disciplinary actions have changed, you know, throughout the years since 27 years ago to now kind of thing. Um, yeah. I mean, yes. You grow as a person. So you, certain things, you would just let it go and you train them differently and those sort of things. But because you've got everything, it's got to be done out of your own faith. Yeah, in relationship yeah. with God, in the way. We, so if I, if she did something wrong, or I did something wrong, we wouldn't correct each other. Sometimes we did, and that was a big mistake. But we would correct, correct each other uh, privately. Yeah. Yeah. So we talk about it privately. So it's not like you don't correct each other, but you do privately, not in front of your kids. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, awesome. Um, just how many more kids are you planning to have? <laughs> lots and lots of grandchildren. Oh. Yeah. Vanessa. <laughs> Desire. Um, so this this is another question. This is this is a real sort of question, and I mean we're getting a lot of questions from the crowd. So I want to read a couple of the questions out. Um, firstly, Ezekiel just wants everybody to know that Mum only got smacked once, and my grandfather apologized for it. So. <laughs> anyway, um, now, <clears throat> so you guys, uh, 
Okay, let me read the question out. In the spirit of oneness, how do you have your partner's back if you don't agree with their position in a situation? How do you, how do you maintain? Because you guys spoke about how you, you kind of held it in. But actually coming in oneness, how do you kind of have each other's back when you just, you'd never settle on a thing? Very good. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's probably best to hear it from a woman, woman's point of view uh, for this question. Because I think... Biblically speaking, the model is obviously hus- the husband is the head of the home, and but it doesn't mean to say that you cannot give your opinion to him. You know, right. you cannot have a conversation and say, "Hun, but I feel this about it." But at the end of the time, at the end of the day, it's your call to make the decision. But what I've learned from when we were first married to now, so many things, is that I cannot manipulate a situation. Um, after I've given my answer by crying or by um, saying I'm not going to, I'm going to withhold intimacy or or I'm not going to do this for you. Like sometimes as women, we manipulate our husbands into making the decisions we want them to make uh, because we think what's best. I don't know if you, uh, if you're a married couple today, have you noticed it's the women that sets the tone in the house? You know, if they are angry or upset, then the whole house is at tense. <laughs> if, they are, if they are happy and laughing, then the whole house. But it's so wrong. It is so wrong. We should not manipulate us husbands or um, what God has placed over them. You know, because what happens is we put a muzzle on our husbands and we literally are not doing what God has called us to do. And I remember a long time ago, because Leo likes to spend time every single morning uh, in prayer. Like even when we go on holidays, that's the one thing that even he... on holidays. Even on that. holidays. <laughs> every single morning in prayer. Like that would so frustrate me but then I got I got used to it and then we got the kids spending time with God you know like oops that's okay and we um got the kids spending time with God and you know honestly I remember God speaking to me in my quiet time and saying to me Christine yeah I feel like I'm gonna have to stand one day in the presence of God, my husband won't be there, my kids won't be there, and I'm going to have to give an account of why I was the barrier between my husband and the church, my husband and our family, um, uh, because I didn't let him spend time with God. I did not let him do what God has called him to do, basically. I, I had a revelation. I can't put that on you, but I had a revelation that one day I'm going to stand before God and I'm, I, I don't want to be the hindrance. Uh, you know, I don't want, you know, uh, not that God would ever ask this, but, you know, why were you a hindrance? You know, like you could have won so many people to Christ, but you, instead this is what happened. This is what your life resulted in, basically. So, yeah. Okay. Um, with, with, so you're talking... Like not being a divide for each other, not hindering, you know, what God wants to do through each of you. Um, was there ever a time that maybe you felt like there was things in yourself that were hindering your, who you were meant to be? This, this is where my question comes from is I know for you, Dad, um, you grew up with a dad who wasn't fully present all the time. Your relationship with him wasn't the best. Um, did you, with that family dynamic, with like a, a more broken family in that sense, um, 
did you have any fears yourself about becoming a father? Did you did it yeah, worry absolutely. you? Did you know? Did you? How did you manage to become such a great dad in, in the end? <laughs> um, again, we both came from broken families, so you might think like, oh, only Christine came from. No, we both came from broken families. Yeah. So I thought my parents did that too. You know, um, being, being Italian and, and disciplining out of anger and all those sort of things, and saw them fight and argue and physically hurt each other. You know, so we grew up with not a good model. And like you said, with my dad, I didn't have a lot of. I mean, he did his absolute best to love me, the best way he knew how. But I didn't have that close, intimate relationship. So I think we just kept going to God, mm. and I kept going to God. And again, that's why I felt the shortcomings you do feel, and ed, any father's going to feel that. You're going to feel that shortcomings. God, am I doing enough? Especially when they're growing up and you don't know which way they're going to turn. <laughs> you know, we're young and you want to pour in everything into them. Um, but so, yeah, I, the answer to your question is you definitely feel that, but you've got to keep trusting God. And um, looking back now, if I spoke to my younger self, I would have said, Take, um, trust God's faithfulness more. Because I gave him so little and he did so much. Does that make sense? I really do. I feel like, God, I, I gave you so little compared to what I could have given you. And you've done so much. Which makes you want to give him more. You know, in his goodness. Yeah, you know, little things that I learned from my dad too. That when my dad made a promise to me about Luna Park. I'm going to take you to Luna Park when you grow up. And Luna Park to a little seven-year-old kid was a, a face. You walk into this face. And you're into this new fantasy world. And I, I couldn't wait to go. I never went. My, my, parent, my dad never took me. So I realized when you make a promise to your child and you don't, to you it's nothing, to them it's everything. Yeah. So I've learned to be careful. So we, I'd say things like, um, if it, uh, you know, I wouldn't make a complete promise unless I knew I could fulfill that promise, you know. Um, so you learn yeah. from those mistakes That's as awesome. well. I, I mean, I remember one time you sharing with me growing up that you didn't always have a father around. Mm. And so you, it drew you to be the father that learned from God the Father, you know. And I think sometimes, I think... <laughs> Sometimes I think people that come from broken families feel a hopelessness because they're like, I can't aspire to be like that family or that family. But the best family is modeled after a heavenly family, yeah. you know? So there's actually hope for everyone. And the best family is modeled not after, like if I, my parents are incredible, but if I modeled my marriage after them, mirror for mirror, if, if I modeled my parenting, everything, I'm going to just have a lesser version of a, right. of a right. heavenly family. So, but true. we appreciated growing up in that. Um, so thank you very much for everything you guys modeled. Appreciate it. Heaps. Um, so we're talking marriage, but I'm sure there are some burning singles in the room. Um, now, we don't, we don't believe marriage is some ultimate goal, and we do uh, celebrate the season and the gift of singleness as well. Um, but for those of you that are, on behalf of singles looking to mingle, we've got some questions. <laughs> Vanessa? Um. So when you're looking for a partner and your whole life, maybe you're a bit later in life, you're not as young or something, and your whole life you've been told don't settle for anything less than the best. Like um, I've even heard from platforms like Make a List and you know make sure that they stack up and make sure they are the one. How do you know then when you actually try and start dating if you're being too picky or um, if there are some things that you really, like, what do you hold on to, you know? Or do you keep waiting? Or do you keep waiting? Good question. It depends on what your, the values that you're looking for. Like, if you're being picky because of looks, and you're not picky with values of how they love God, then that would be, don't worry about the looks so much as the fact that they love God. Yeah. Like, you know, so those little, that's thi just an example of values. Because you can get too fussy where you just become so fussy that, 
you know, but I, I, I believe that, you know, if, as long as they both love the Lord, you, and you, you know that, the, the sincerity there that they love the Lord and you love the Lord, and then you both submit into the Lord, you're both going to be transformed and changed into the image of Jesus. You're actually changing to become more like each other as well. You pick up each other's strengths and you, you help. Like, we're so opposites. So now we're learning to work as a team. In the early days, it would frustrate each other. And now we, it's a compliment. Now we've learned to say, well, that's your strength. Then I'll help you be that and vice versa. So uh, you I can't get too fussy. At the same time, you don't want to totally... Uh, Dismiss the list. Yeah, don't, yeah, <laughs> where you just um, settle for anyone. Mm. Um, uh, at the age of 12, I did write a list. Um, I used to watch, uh, I think, uh, Who's the Boss? I don't know if you remember that. Um, uh, what's his name? I can't Tony, Tony Dancer, that's right. Uh, so then I found out he was an Italian. And I remember writing down on my list that I wanted to marry an Italian. <laughs> and in that list, I remember writing down that he has to love Jesus more than he loves me. And that he has to be so, so, so sold out to Jesus and he has to love kids. Anyway, I wrote a whole heap of stuff. And I remember about 10 years into our marriage or even more, Leo cleaning up the garage and coming across this list. Then he quickly runs in and he says, oh my gosh, look, I found the list. You forgot to add two other things. He said, you should have said that he... Um, should grow in his wealth <laughs> and then grow taller. <laughs> be tall, not grow tall. Of, uh, be taller. But seriously, like, yeah, I mean, we, I, I believe as a couple, you know, as long as you, you know, uh, spiritually, yeah. like there's a connection, God will unpack and you grow and you develop into fine wine kind of thing. Yeah. 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 The thing, you know, we are, we are very media-fed, so we watch a lot of movies. So by the time you become a kid, uh, by the time you become an adult, you probably watch thousands upon thousands of romance movies. And they're all fake romance movies, and it's usually Crocodile Dundee running down Central Station on top of people's shoulders for the woman that he loves. <laughs> and so until and so we got this picture that when I fall in love, it's going to be, hallelujah, you know, the choirs of heaven and everything. Um, that's a, a, a wrong picture because mm. love is way deeper than just those feelings. Mm. Yeah. And so um, that's, Im that's an important thing because yeah. you're waiting for that. You might not ever get that. Yeah. So you've got you to, you know, I'm not saying that you won't have those feelings and love and romance and all that. You will have that. But even when you're married, you still got to work at those things. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Or else you, people say that. They wake up, oh, I don't feel like I'm in love because they don't know what love is. And they're going by their feelings and not what real love is mm. anyway. So, yeah, that's cool. Um, how did you guys come to peace with being with each other and Beginning. choosing each other? Yeah. Okay. Was there second thoughts? Yes. yes. <laughs> so, so this is what happened. Um, Leah, uh, Leah and I were dating, and then I remember I was sitting for my year twelve exam, and um, Leah was very quiet on the phone, and so I was all this chirpy bird you know, in Melbourne, chatting on the phone, uh, like, ah. anyway, and then he was very quiet, and then he would say one or two words in between, then I stopped, and I said, what's up? He said, no, no, it's fine, and then I kept on talking, again, he was very quiet, 
And then finally, I dragged it out of him. I said, no, stop. We're not going to talk anymore. You need to tell me what's up. And then he tells me that he's not sure about our relationship. I'm about to sit for my first exam, year 12 exam, wow. the next day. Good move, Dad. Because <laughs> dad, dad dropped out at year 10, so he didn't value anything above. <laughs> oh. That's all the reason. Joking. Joking, joking. So, so, honestly, all I wanted to do was yell at him and tell him off, that's it, okay, and just hang up the phone. But what came out of my mouth was, that's okay, I'll be here, just go away, pray about it, kind of, you know, pray about it. And then, again, he says, oh, I feel bad. And then I wanted to yell at him again. I was just... And then all of a sudden, the words that come out was the exact, and he said, I said it three times to him, exactly the same thing. But the funny thing is, um, what I didn't know, which I knew later on, was that one of my friends had gone up to him, and another girl had gone gone up to Leo, because the church had been going for a year or so, um, and said to him, I think I'm meant to be your future wife. Uh, So... um, but it, my my yes. my version is <laughs> no, it's exactly right. It's exactly right. But be, be, on, besides that, I had already pra- prayed. I already fast for seven days to find out is she the right person to, to move forward in our water relationship. Water fast, right? So I had water fast. Hearing I, that, God man? spoke. Water God fast for a woman. <laughs> now he just said, "Yes, she's the right person." I knew from God. I had a peace from God. That's why I moved forward. Awesome. So we got engaged and everything. But then, then because the church had started, the little if in my ear first started like. The enemy lying, what if you're making a mistake? Mm. Just if. What happens if she's not the right person and, and the ministry fails? Because, you know, like the minute, everything was about the church for me. The devil was saying a little if. So that little if I slowly entertained, and that's where the doubt came. Mm. I'm just showing us that it can happen, even though you've heard God. Yeah. So I know I heard God, but I still allowed that little if come in. So yeah. just that little version. It's still the same version. It's just my background. I'm just giving you background info, you know. Cool. It's awesome. <laughs> awesome. Very helpful. Um, how many relationships had you guys had before you got married and chose each other? Sure. Um, I, okay, so I had one other, re- just one other relationship before Leo and he was... Was he better looking? He, <laughs> he, was, he was Italian and he was taller. Yes. <laughs> he was taller. But the reason I broke it off with this gentleman is was because that um, I met him at Denimar Markets and I remember I was walking up and down with my dad on a Saturday we usually go to get fresh donuts from the you know the caravan you know the markets um, with, um, and then I remember seeing this guy playing the guitar worshiping God speaking about God you know outreaching basically and my my spirit literally loved what he was doing and we sort of connected but I was too scared because I think I was only 15. And, I, yes. And then... So bad, Evangeline. So bad. Yes. Just so you know. And Ezekiel. Yes. And, and um, but then he made a beeline to my dad and he made friends with my dad. And the very next Sunday, he was in my uncle's church and he made that... A, a couple of months later, he made that his home church. And then he... Asked my dad, "Can I date your daughter?" And and my dad was, uh, my dad and mum were very happy with that. But what sort of, but what happened was that um, as the relationship grew, 
my heart for Jesus became so much more stronger and I wanted to be so sold out mm. to him yeah. um, that I remember that he started putting stops. Even though he was a Christian and he, he was sold out to Christ, he just couldn't handle me going and helping out with youth. I was one of the leaders, um, helping out in kids' ministry, going, going to leaders' meeting on a Wednesday night. I was one of the youngest, mm. you know, there. And just so many things. And he started putting pressure. And I just didn't want, I didn't know how to say to mom and dad because mom and dad adored this guy. Mm. And like, I, I just asked God to courage. He took me probably about a year and a half wow. till I got the courage to be able to say, I can't do this yeah. anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes, because I, my path where I want to go. Yeah. But guess what? Leo walks into that scene because Leo had met Paul a couple of years ago. I made prior. friends with that guy. <laughs> That's how she met me. Yeah. Not, anyway, but yeah. I, 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 outside of Christ, I became a Christian at 19. I had some relationships, girlfriends. How many? Uh, no. A few. And then at 19, I had one Christian relationship, but just friends, you know, in, in the kingdom. Yeah. And, um, and then uh, after that one, that's it. That's and awesome. Then that's how I met. Well, I mean, you've both had relationships then. How would you handle breakups? What's a, what's a healthy way to handle a breakup, would you say? Um, what's, what's the saying? Um, a healthy way to handle the breakup. Uh, yeah, what do they say in the world? They, um, you just want to be friends? Oh, yeah. no, friends own them. Yeah. <laughs> friends own them. Uh, no, I don't know. Um, a healthy way to deal with your breakup as well. A healthy yeah. way to deal with well, Handling it, yeah. You played George Benson when you broke oh, up with yeah. your... That's because I didn't know Jesus. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't know Jesus, I couldn't go to him. So my heart was broken yeah. and I was in self-pity and, 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 and depression and woe is me, I should have done this and I could have done this and all, all the things I could have done better. But when I knew Jesus and a relationship broke up, actually I had two relationships now, come to think of it. He had more than me. <laughs> no, but in the, in the kingdom, um, when that happened, I just gave my heart to God and said, God, you have the, the best person in the world for me. Mm. So, you know, I, I really felt, God, you know my life. You know, I'm dedicated my life to you. So you got, you've planned it and you've got someone for me. Mm. And so I let it go and I didn't, I didn't entertain that person in my mind anymore. I didn't even think about it. Just, just move forward and, and mm. focus on Jesus. So completely different. One, I, I yeah. fell apart. The other one, um, when it happened, I didn't fall apart at all and just kept walking with the Lord. So, yeah. Unless you want us to answer the question, is there one right person? Yeah. Dating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Is there? I don't know, definitely there's more than one right person in the whole world. Mm. Yeah. Or else if that one right person in the world disobeys God, then you don't have the right person. Yeah. Mm. Um, so I, th I think God's will for us is way more yeah. um, bigger. bigger than that. Yeah. But in saying that, again, the, the, the kingdom uh, things are in the Bible is they make sure you marry someone that knows the Lord. Mm. So as long as they know the Lord and really know the Lord, because, you know, don't be un un unequally yoked. Yeah. Um, I, I believe there's more than one right person. Yeah. But you've got to choose who you believe I, could, I can live my life with this person. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't mean they like you. They might be different to you. They might be opposite to you. Yeah. But you know how to work through things. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. That's cool. That's awesome. Um, it, I think something that's said a lot in Christian circles is don't date unless your intention is to marry. Yeah. Um, I guess the question is, do you agree with that statement? And what does that look like realistically? How would you see it playing out practically? Yeah. I think just have to, you got, we've got to have healthy um, boundaries. And, of course, you want to get to know someone. So, again, just don't make promises. Don't make big promises. You're going to break people's hearts yeah. where you're overcommitting from where your heart's at. So that's important. And so you don't 
mislead people. Yeah. Um, yes, definitely the first thing is get to know that person in a group setting because you get to know their personality, get to know how they interact socially, and you might think, yeah, I do like them from a distance. I think I can pursue something. And so when you do feel at that stage, then you can get to know them. But again, um, like have a date, but don't make big promises. Just say, yeah. look, I, I'd love to get to know you better. Yeah. Um, and, and then again, still have boundaries. Don't yeah, be up yeah. late at night and go to their house and watch videos and TV and late at night and there's in no the boundaries car. or in the car. And <laughs> you know, just a lot of things that I yeah. would get um, help, help in. Yeah. Don't put yourself in a vulnerable position yeah. Yeah. and those sort of things. But yeah. That's cool. Um, okay. Well, in the sense of dating as well, who, this is a question from the crowd, who do you reckon, is there, is there a biblical answer for this? Maybe not. Um, do you think it's the guy's job to pursue the girl or the girl's job to pursue the guy? Or? Uh, it's not a biblical, it's definitely not a biblical answer to that. Yeah. I mean, women like to be pursued. I mean, yeah. that's designed by God. And that's in a marriage too. It's in, in, in our relationship in intimacy. It's the way God created us. But at the same time, because um, I was so reluctant about God, is she the right person? Is she the right person? I was constantly hesitant and seeking God. Um, one time she grabbed, she was, we had some time at a... This was before we started dating. We yeah. went to a camp together. And I haven't told her I liked her, but I did like her. I've been praying. And she's going to the coach, go back to Melbourne. So I'm saying goodbye. And, um, and, I, and I, she grabbed my hand. She looked in my eyes. And she said, if you ever need a friend to talk to, I'll be there anytime. And it was enough to make me see, she does like me. <laughs> now, it's funny. I over-spiritualized it. Looking back now, I used to pray, I pray a lot, and over-spiritualized But the, the, react, the reality was I feared rejection. Because mm. the moment I knew she did like me, then when she left, went all the way home, being the man that I am, I rang her on the phone and told her I liked her. <laughs> had enough guts, had enough guts. But I'm joking that, about being the man that, that I am. But that weekend, we had gone to a Christian, a Christian camp and... My parents never let me go anywhere. Like, they're such strict parents, and they're incredible parents. I adore them for doing that for me. And I remember when they said yes to go to Sydney for this camp, and Leo was going to be there. I was so excited. But he just stayed away from me. He just avoided me. He just, yeah, hello, you know, in passing and all of that stuff. He just, you know, I'm thinking, what's up with this, you know? And then I remember we all had tents, different tents in the park, and uh, there was a main tent, coffee and uh, tea tent. So Leo said, uh, uh, can you make me a tea? Like, because I was going to go in. So I thought, okay, let me make a cup of tea. I put salt in his tea. And Instead of sugar. I, to get my attention. To get, yeah, to get his attention. So I go and give it to him. And he was with a group of people who was drinking. And I'm looking from the tent. He's not reacting. And then later on, he says, that was such a good cup of tea. <laughs> I got so mad that, anyway, he says, could you make me another cup of tea? So anyway, I went back into the tent, made another cup of tea. This time I put sugar and just gave it back to him. And then he took one sip and he spits it out. And he says, what did you do? I said, what do you mean? This, what did you put in here? It was sugar, you know, but the first time around, it was salt. It you know? literally tasted better with salt for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> Try it at home. Can yeah. we offer that in the cafe today as a special <laughs> offer? No. Hey, me and Vanessa have really been blessed, and I'm sure everyone here in the family have been blessed by you guys sharing today. Um, we Honestly, we honor you guys as the parents, and we, wanna, we do want to look up to you guys as spiritual parents, and um, we just we thank you for the... This, the 
the whole season upon seasons upon seasons of faithfulness, you know, like all the stuff that probably goes on behind the scenes and the tensions and the fights and then the financial struggles. And I mean, we had so many, there's so many questions that came through a ridiculous amount. We're probably going to have to do this another time as well. Yeah. But, um, but this is really blessing us and we really appreciate sure, your vulnerability. You. You. Can I say Go. something quickly? Yeah. Honestly, guys, we do not speak because we've done a course or we are qualified to say what we say about our children or our marriage. We're just wanting to be vulnerable and authentic, you know, because what works for us may not work for you. So your ideal, you know, where, where you should go to should be the Bible, mm. you know, like, and just get lots of wisdom out of it. Yes, there are leaders in this church you can also approach and we can talk to you about things, you know. Um, but we've also, on another note, we've also, when we've found that we can, there have been times where there's quite a number of uh, people in the life of the church that we've also sent to counselors because only so far we can take them, not further, because then somebody else needs to step in and help them kind of thing, you know, because there's wisdom, you know, that's why you have, you know, counselors, doctors, you know, that kind of thing. And just yeah. if I can say quickly this, we're so grateful to God because, like I said, we gave him so little, he's done so much. Um, you know, like the worship today, all, all our kids were in the front worshiping. I look at my brother Tony and Heidi, um, they've raised their kids up in the same way we have, in the life of the church, committed to the church, committed to the house, the kingdom of God. Now, in, in, we're talking about in season and out of season. That means through hard times, low times, everything. And one of the greatest keys i do believe is the fact that we did get committed to the house yeah. you know that means yeah yeah we, we, we just did it yeah. and so if you look at our fruit and you go oh man i wish i had children like that you've got you to do some things that we did too mm. you know like it, it, i don't think if we, we took that element away i personally feel we would have lost a I, lot i mean so it's, it's an important foundation that's what i'm trying yeah. to say that's right yeah. I, I remember ziki was our sickest child sick like crazy and I remember coming to prayer meeting with him in the back seat, crying. He was crying his lungs out and then he would hold his breath, literally. And then I would, would have to pull off the M4 and then um, get him, you know, pat him, you know, like get him to catch his breath, put him back, strapping him into the harness and the seat and then drive again. Then five minutes later, again, he would do that. I would have to do at least six or seven times on the M4 getting to prayer meeting and I could have easily have gotten discouraged but I'm grateful that I persevered as a mother the sacrifices yeah. that comes with it yeah. very good well we're going to close today why don't we thank mum and dad you've been listening to the GGC Life we hope this message has encouraged you. For more, please visit our website, ggclife.com, or email us, ggclife at ggclife.com. From our house to yours, be blessed.